And welcome to another episode of the Sartoyo and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming at you again with another episode, and I want to jump right into the download. Now, on the last episode, I stated that the Xbox Live games with gold for the month of March were trash, or was trash. I stand corrected just a bit, because one of the games that was available for free, which at the time that you'll be listening to this podcast, it won't be free anymore, was Metal Slug, or is Metal Slug 3. Now, Metal Slug 3 is a classic arcade run and gun from the fathers of the Neo Geo SNK. Uh, It is a must-have for any retro gamer, and this is the 360 version that is available on the Xbox One, Xbox 360, 360 Xbox Series X or S and it's going to be at this point in time when you listen to this not free anymore but you can get it for just the low low price of $9.99 now I think personally that even $10 for Metal Slug 3 is well worth the bargain for the game no it's not as good as free so if uh, you know you are able to score it for free great if not, then, you know, 10 bucks for this game is definitely something that you will not regret paying when it comes down to it. So that is my gaming download, and that's on the Xbox family of series. So if you still plan Xbox 360, it's available. Xbox One like myself, or if you had that extra disposable income over the past few months and was able to find one, an Xbox Series X or S. Now, Keeping in the theme of highlighting some of the podcasts which I listen to, have the means to listen to, or just frankly are done by people who I really admire and have a lot of respect for, we're going to jump into the Show Pile Show podcast from the Nerds of Color and NRW or Nerds Rule the World. This is a podcast put on by my boy Kuya P, aka uh, Patrick Strange, that explores Filipino history and culture and highlights the people within. As I said before, it is done with the Nerds of Color and NRW Nerds Rule the World, and it is a very insightful podcast. One of the things that I love about diversity is getting to learn about different people different cultures their background food the history it's amazing because the more you learn about people's differences the more you see how we are all so much alike and according to 23andme i am somehow 0.03 percent uh filipino at least that's what 23andme says ancestry ancestry says something a little bit different so i guess once you get down to the weeds we're really all very similar and all that dna starts to look alike but that is my second download for weekly show how show and you can find that on youtube uh, i believe it is going to you're going to find it under the uh, nrw youtube channel and maybe the nerds of colors of as well noc uh, so check it out there check out the link in the show notes uh, it's a great podcast put on by kuya p and the fam there and definitely something i highly suggest that you you check out so this week this week is going to be all about 
Falcon and a Winter Soldier. One division ended a week or so ago, and whether you liked it or disliked it, it the finale that is, it was overall just an excellent series. And as I said time and time before, you just didn't realize how much you miss the MCU until one division came out I mean it had been over a year since we got any new MCU content it was just it was just so wonderful so magical and it left so many plot threads dangling to be picked up in future series and movies that I just can't wait and now we're getting into the series that I've been waiting for the most and that's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier so I can't wait for that and also this week too the Snyder Cut of the Justice League comes out on HBO Max. So you have Disney Plus and HBO Max dueling with high profile, uh, in this case, MCU properties and DCEU properties. Is DCEU still a thing? I don't know. Warner Brothers is weird. But I use both of those series slash movies to really illustrate that more and more of us are streaming. And streaming services are becoming more important than live television especially in my home i don't know outside of my spouse she is the only person in this household that consistently watches live television or dvr'd live tv and that is something that i have taken notice of especially as uh, our habits have changed and the costs in many of these streaming services have continuously gone up now let me give you a bit of background we actually cut the cord a little over four years ago. We'd had DirecTV proper. And after, you know, once you get DirecTV or Comcast or somewhere like that, they usually have you in a two-year contract where they give you all of these discounts the first year. And then the second year slowly creeps up. So after the second year, I think it creeped up at one point in time to almost $100. We got some changes here and there, so I think I was paying at the end, uh, it was about 80 to $90 a month, which was, and still is in my opinion, a lot for television, and that's no internet, no nothing added to it. So at that time, this is 2016, we hopped on to DirecTV now. At that time when it first came out, it was 35 bucks to get in, so this is the end of 2016, and I literally, carried both direct tv now and direct tv for a good two months or so until i got out of the contract or finished the contract with direct tv at 35 dollars, i ate that cost just to keep that at that price because who knew at that time when it was going to go up fast forward four almost yeah four and a half years later direct tv now is now at&t tv and that became excuse me AT&T TV now and that then basically discontinued is merged into AT&T TV well 2019 to 2021 the price essentially doubled so last week or two weeks ago we received the email that our pricing was going to increase another ten dollars so right now I was paying 60 and it's increasing to 70 I'm like oh no nope 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 got to go got to go I'm not paying 70 dollars for something that barely any of us watches except for my wife and really the whole point of cutting the cord was to lower cost so i sat back and like what are my options what can we do 
what can I do to maximize the savings for us and to really be able to watch everything that we watch. Now, personally speaking, most of my viewing content is on YouTube. And I'll just be frank with you. If I'm not watching Disney Plus and whatever shows on there at the time or even Hulu from now and again, even Netflix and Hulu, I don't watch as much as I used to. Uh, but I carry those because I know everyone else in my household does a lot. What do we watch? What don't we watch? So with that, like I said, goodbye AT&T. You, you've doubled your price in literally a little over two years. Excuse me, AT&T now, gone. So what can we do? So what I did was I looked around for what was available, what was out, and what we can keep cheaply. Now, my wife, she ends up watching a lot of CBS shows. I swear it's like she's becoming her father <laughs> with watching NCIS and all of those shows, all of those law and order and cop procedural drama shows. She's gotten into them lately, which is really odd. She wasn't into them before. So what can we do? Well, luckily, CBS All Access was merging to Paramount Plus. And well, if you signed up before X date, you get a year for half off. So I signed up for year Paramount Plus, and right now it's still live TV. That's 30 bucks right there. Lowcast is an app that's available on most streaming devices and the web, where in many major uh, markets around the area, you can get your local channels that come over the air for free. And depending on where you are, you can get 30 plus channels through the app, and that's totally free. They do request you uh, or ask you to give a donation because it's a nonprofit, but again, it's totally free. Disney Plus is $6.99, now $7.99 a month, but it's $70 for a year. Uh, Hulu, $5.99 a month, or $59.99 for a year. Um, paying for Netflix, they don't have a yearly option. That's $100 some dollars a year. And I tried to figure out what I could do or what we could do to really enable my wife's live TV fix. Because really, a lot of what she watches is... Um, outside of CBS, which I saw for Paramount Plus, it's TLC, it's 90 Day Fiance, it's OWN, it's it's those sort of channels. And one thing I realized about researching Discovery Plus, which I thought would be a great option, one, they don't have live TV. And also, a lot of the shows that are on now won't come onto the streaming platform until much later in the season. So it's not as if it plays on the network and then a day or so later it's on the streaming service so i'm like oh no it's not going to happen it's not going to do it so what i found was philo tv philo tv is an option where you get live tv and it has um viacom channels mtv um vh1 all of those no cbs no cw um, discovery channels and a couple of like 60 some plus channels for 20 dollars a month boom check also there was one other requirement that it had bbc america regardless of what you think of doctor who at the moment i still want to see doctor who live and that is really the only show that i care about seeing live or having access to when it comes on so that was definitely a priority and that offers bbc America, And if I still watch Walking Dead like that, I would be happy because it had AMC as well. But also, it also has access, which I didn't know, so I can still see Impact Wrestling, even though that's on Twitch as well, so that wasn't a big deal for me. Long story short, because of these changes, and even I'm toying with getting Peacock at $4.99 a month or getting a year just because of WWE Network, and that's cheaper than the $10 they were offering before, before it was just a standalone. But with all of that, and now this new schedule, so that's Hulu, Disney+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, Lowcast, 
and Philo and Netflix as my TV options. I am now gonna be saving over $300 a year compared to just paying for DirecTV Now, Blue, Disney Plus, and Netflix. So I was amazed and honestly, um, one of those could go after everything is said and done next year, or even I might add to, like I said, I might add on Peacock for every now and again for the premium service just to probably get WrestleMania asked about it. Uh, so it, it really comes out to at what you actually watch. I think more and more people are going to really cut the cord as more and more streaming services, but that's probably going to get really expensive for you to have all of them. I am I watch uh, a very good uh, and very talented. Uh, movie blogger uh, John Campion on YouTube and he actually talked about on this on his show a few days ago where he literally broke down if you you got every single streaming service out there and we're talking about monthly not so much yearly cost you were looking at about 200 plus dollars a month for to carry all these services and we we're talking about just you know stars uh, the shutters like every all the little niche services as well as as the media plane becomes more splinter with all these streaming services it's going to get harder and harder for consumers in my opinion right now it's it's we're in a really good spot because they are what they call in the acquisition phase where they're trying to acquire customers and once they slowly get you in then they raise the price a la netflix i remember netflix when it was 9.99 now it's 13.99 for just the base netflix and yes it's taking time you know to creep up over the past 10 years or so however long i've had netflix it's hard to think it's been that long oh and i also didn't mention that i also readily realize i know i've talked about this on the podcast before pluto tubi and peacock the free version as well to supplement any content i've talked about just the anime and movies that i found on uh, peacock excuse me on tubi and um imdb tv as well recently uh pluto is i really watch pluto because right now they have a classic doctor who channel so if i have absolutely nothing to watch i can put on the classic doctor who channel and always be entertained there is always uh if as long as it's not the first doctor i am not a fan of first doctor the the first doctor's series just bore me um Hartnell's doctor he set the tony's first doctor that's all wonderful but he just bores the hell out of me um he really does i don't really get enthused until i see the second doctor and you see more of the the quirkiness the charm the uh the humor uh hartnell is just hartnell the first doctor i just i can't do it it's just i'm bored to tears with the first doctor series and episodes that's just me hate me if you want to it is what it is so unfortunately as i said before as new streaming services arise and current ones rise in price the savings that can be had now through cutting cord will only last in the short term so i really see that there's going to be a very large juggling act uh, with you know first world problems those of us who you know choose to cut the cord and do streaming services as we go on the next you know five or six years to really see which ones are worthwhile carrying and which ones we want to pop in and pop out like for instance i will probably be popping into um hbo max this week just to keep it for that month because well justice league and then Kong versus godzilla and then i'm out so that may be how it goes uh going forward so that has been my streaming adventure and where we are now and i would say i think that what i'm paying now if i broke it down on a monthly basis uh based on all of 
the yearly subscriptions that I have are broken down per month. I think I'm paying about, I want to say $45 a month now compared to, actually it's might be closer to 50 compared to paying 80 some odd dollars a month when I had direct TV now in addition to the streaming services that I had. So it's, it's, it's a definite savings. I really think it's about in the 40s. I don't think it's over $50. So yeah, it, it definitely can save money. You can save money, and and frankly, I'm I'm waiting to change internet providers, especially with some of the options that you know T-Mobile is offering now. If their 5G service is any good at 50 bucks a month, I will ditch um, Verizon FiOS goodbye to save those extra that extra thirty dollars a month or extra three hundred and sixty dollars a year um, in my pockets. So yeah. That's where I feel about that. It's all about saving money nowadays because regardless of, of what your economic status is or job status because of the pandemic, uh, we all feel it in some way, shape, or form, especially taxes. Man. Taxes are something. But that's another topic for another day. So we're going to get back uh, to you after the break. So think about it. What streaming services can you not live without? Uh, what streaming services do you have no interest in? And how much are you paying for live TV every month, let me know. Email us at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. I'm really curious to know what people are paying per month for live TV and how much you're paying a month for streaming services and what streaming services are important to you. I know it's a lot of questions all at once, but thanks for indulging me. And we're back from the break and spring is rapidly approaching. I know that for many of us, the coming spring or the changing from winter to spring will be a sigh of relief as for many, especially in the United States and the southern parts of the United States. This winter has been a very weird and troubling one, especially with the freakish cold and ice that we experience in the southern parts of the United States like Texas and how it just affected homes and the power grid is it's been really crazy of a winter when it comes to who gets affected and who doesn't for instance up here in the I guess I guess DC area is the northeast the mid-Atlantic area we had a relatively mild winter when it comes to snow and even temperatures for that matter. But I know other parts of the country weren't so lucky. So I know that many of us, if not all of us, will be happy to move forward with spring in the sort of uh, rebirth that spring offers, especially as we continue to deal with the pandemic and as the quote unquote light seems to be quote unquote seems to be at the end of the tunnel uh, with uh, vaccines and numbers consistently going down in many places because of the efforts that have been put in place over the past year. It's weird to even say we've been dealing with this for a year now. So I know that many people are looking for ways to be outside or even items that are essential for spring and I'm not one to really talk about clothing wise articles of clothing because I really feel like if you have an interchangeable wardrobe 
and it's not about quantity it's about quality and versatility and you know there are many things that you can wear in the winter that you can wear in the spring that you can wear in the summer you can wear in the fall so i'm not one for putting out those to the list however there are a few things that i think that are essential for every season of uh, one of which are a pair of sunglasses the sun is always out the sun is out in every season and you need a pair of sunglasses to protect your eyes and just to also look cool as well sunglasses are a great item to look cool in but the second thing I will say, especially for the spring and in many parts of the country where you get a lot of the rainfall you get during the course of the year, a good umbrella. And not just a, a necessarily a stylish umbrella, but an umbrella that's functional and an umbrella that's not going to just blow apart on you in one major or due to one major gust of wind so those are two things that i think that every man every woman uh, should have as part of their arsenal when it comes to the spring especially but another item that we want to talk about when it comes to spring is that transition from the quote-unquote winter fragrances to the spring fragrances now i've said this before and i'll say this again i really feel as though you should wear any fragrance you feel like it fragrances are very uh intimate they're very emotional i wear fragrances based on my mood not necessarily because of the weather how some fragrances just elicit a certain feeling uh, from me during the course of a day sometimes i'm feeling down there fragrances that just perk me up others i want to smell a certain scent or a certain note so i grab for that it all depends on the day to day i don't ever think about whether it's cold or whether it's hot now there are some that just work better in those sort of environments but also really going to what spring is and what fragrances are and that they can be very emotional and i was looking online and trying to figure out what some of the to see what some other fragrance reviewers websites so on and so forth you know, really say are really great fragrances for the spring as you can imagine everyone has their own opinion and viewpoint on fragrances and what's good for the spring but these are just some things that i saw that really went across the board a lot of the fragrances that were suggested had many if not all well clearly not all but you're going to find common notes amongst a lot of fragrances that they picked for the spring and these are lemon bergamot white must neroli pettigrain vetiver lavender sandalwood rosemary and clary sage now obviously these fragrances are not limited to those notes but those are notes that you're going to find very common in a lot of the fragrances that are suggested for the spring now in this case that leads me to my fragrance of the week and that is going to be vetiver citron by the art of shaving this is one i picked up a little while ago in uh, burlington coat factory found it for a really great deal and i'll talk about that later but let's get into the notes so the notes you're going to have the top of lemon and grapefruit so automatically you get that burst of citrus on the top in the middle you get cardamom black pepper and artemisia and then with the base notes, you get tonka bean, cashmeron, cedarwood, patchouli, labdanum, and vetiver. So again, you find those common notes, as I said before, in the spring, you get the lemon, which lemon, bergamot, those sort of citrus notes, and especially in the opening are, you're going to find those in all whole lot of fragrances uh, that you find out there regardless if they are quote unquote for the spring summer fall what have you uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while you know that a lot of the fragrances i end up talking about you're going to find some sort of citrus note like that in the opening 
and with that middle you really get the spiciness of it i would say honestly this one isn't as light as a lot of the other fragrances that i saw that are recommended like something like a, a dosa gabbana uh light blue or something like that it's a, a a lighter fragrance a bit fresher fragrance and is this one with the spice it's a bit heavier into my nose and on my skin then I would say some other the fragrances that you'll find out there that's recommended for the spring, but I still like it nonetheless. It's not super heavy where it, for me at least, it doesn't project. It's not a projection monster, but it does last a while on my skin. And then from there, you get the base notes at the Tonka and the Cashmere and the Cedar Woods and the Landanum, Patchouli, the Vetiver. For me, the vetiver gets lost in the mix with when it comes to the base notes. I get a lot more of the Tonka and the cedar, especially a patchouli, and it's not a bad thing. Uh, I just, I personally really liked just the different interpretations of vetiver I've been smelling lately in a lot of the fragrances. I haven't have been able to try where vetiver is supposed to be a a very key component to the note mixture and in this case it's it's clearly not which is not a bad thing it's just I was kind of looking forward to it when I saw vetiver as one of the notes that was listed now getting back to the price so I ended up picking up this 30 ml bottle for $7.99 it was on clearance at the time at Burlington uh, you can find the 30 ml bottle and I saw online anywhere from 20 to 35 bucks depending on where you look whether it's like fragrance X or eBay or someplace like that aftermarket if you're going to buy a new bottle from art of shaving that's going to run you about 60 and a 100 ml bottle is going to run you about a hundred plus so in my opinion is it worth that much maybe um, no not really I think the dirty the $30 price point $35 price point for the 30 ml is um very much worth the price uh anything more than that i feel like you can find better fragrances in that price point hell you can find better favorite fragrances cheaper than that price point um even you know brand new not even something that's aftermarket or in a rack store uh, so it's definitely something to pick up you find a good deal on it but don't pay retail price for this one it is not one i would recommend at retail because it's just they're better out there. If you're going to spend $100 on a bottle, on a fragrance, there are better ones out there for you, in my opinion, if you're going to pay full price for, for this one. Like I say, it's great. It's great at a reduced price. It is not great at the standard regular price for this one. So that is my take on Vetera Citron by The Art of Fragrance. Excuse me, The Art of Shaving. And this has been another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. Feel free to drop us a line with your comments and questions at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Find us on the web, on Twitter at Webster Style, on Instagram at Webster Style, or at Sartorial and Geek. And remember, check out the website, websterstyle.com or sartorialandgeek.com for the latest and greatest in geek and style. Again, I thank you for your time. Be safe out there and stay blessed.
Ed Stallion. Take it off, clothes on the floor piling. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Oh, you want to see? Oh, I completely read that wrong.